0: Alright, I want to tell you a little bit. It's such an honor for me to be up here. Um, we're going to be talking about spiritual growth a little bit this morning. And I believe that God has given me something that is revolutionary, revolutionizing my life. Um, there's, a, there's a place I'm coming to in the spirit where I'm becoming more comfortable. Um, where it's not foreign... Like, like you know, when you go on vacation and everything's new and you're like, wow, this is awesome. And then when you move somewhere and it just starts, you know, becoming familiar. Uh, that's the difference in between, I think, where I was and where I am uh, spiritually. Um, one way that I know that that is happening is um, probably several months ago. No, a few months ago. Um, My wife uh, woke up one morning and she said, I believe God is saying this. And it was kind of one of those, it was a a life-altering decision. I mean, it was a big deal. And I didn't hear that. Now, you figure out, if you really trust your spouse, you know, if you really think that they're hearing from God, and I kept praying, God, why don't you reveal this to me? You know, I'd feel so much more comfortable with it if you would tell me to. And he didn't. And so I said, baby, are you sure? And she said, yes, I am sure that God spoke this to me. And I said, okay, babe, here we go. And we fought, uh, we took the next step. What it was is um, we believed that we were supposed to buy another another house. And leased the house that we were in and and began to move that direction of buying houses and leasing them and, and moving on um, to different things and so we two houses down we didn 't move out of town we went two houses down and bought a house and it was literally it was it was torture. To acquire that house I mean it took forever everything that went could go wrong bookkeeping everything went haywire I've never and people that had used you know we used uh, a, a loan company that has quick in their name and it took forever <laughs> and it, and we talked to people that had used them before and they were just like no it just happened overnight it was like somebody showed up our door we signed some papers that was it well, it wasn't that way with us. I mean, it got, cra- it got really ridiculous to the point that I said, baby, I just don't think that we're hearing from God. I think there's just too much uh, resistance. I think if God was doing this, and here's my first, here's where I made my mistake. I said, I think if God was doing this, it would be easier. So, I felt like I needed to share this because of what we just we just talked about tithes and offerings and brother uh, George was sharing with you about how how we can be in god 's blessings and everything you know sometimes what God is asking you to do i 'm all over the place uh, brian bohr brother Brian bohr when he was here he uh he asked me for something, he messaged me on Facebook after he was here, he messaged me and he wanted uh, me to send him something and I sent him something and he sent back something totally random. He said, and I don't even know if I, this is probably something that, you know, shouldn't be on streaming, but um, he said that, uh, he said having a dream is like making a baby. He said, it's fun to make a baby. Anyway, he said, but having a vision is like labor. And that's all he said. And I'm just like, well, that's interesting. Thank you very much. That's very, you know, whatever, you know. And man, has that really, really rung true. And so this is not anything what we're talking about tonight. I just feel like I need to share with you something. Don't expect God's will to be easy. Don't expect the vision that God has put in your heart when you begin to walk it out. Don't. Expect no resistance. Don't expect... Now, you can have... And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. You can have peace. You can have joy. You can have everything you need with God inside you, no matter what's going on around you. But when you know that you know that God is telling you to do something, calling you somewhere, calling you in a certain direction, don't let any resistance slow you up. Because listen, God is not so passive-aggressive that he's going to put a vision in your... Or, or he's going to help you to decide whether it's him or not. By putting things in your path to slow you down. Or putting things in your path. He's not passive aggressive. The de- if you're being attacked, you may be on the right path. So if you're not being attacked, <laughs> maybe you should look around. But I'm just telling you guys, there are some people going through some hard things. Uh, in, our, in our body. I'm aware of those things. and And... Those things, you cannot say, well, maybe I'm not hearing from God. Maybe I'm not in God's will. Chances are it's a good sign that you are. So stick in there, keep pushing, because what's on the other side is victory. What's on the other side is fulfillment of the dream that He put in your heart. So don't let anything hold you up. Um, This is what I've learned in the last few years. I have grown more in the last few years Uh, Than I ever have in my entire life. And I want to tell you why. It's because of Pastor Cricket. Because I have seen Pastor Cricket. Live out the opposite of what I've lived my life out to be. He is actually. Pastor Cricket has. Y'all already know this. He has a risky faith. He's willing. To personally sacrifice everything to see what God has put in His heart fulfilled, and he just realizes—he just realizes that if God said it, it's going to happen, and so he just puts—he's all in. And uh, y'all know, if you don't know, our pastor drives back and forth from South Alabama every week to be with us. And uh, and what I've learned from him in that is that faith requires two things: it's not enough just to say it; it requires risk. And it requires persistence. And if you're willing to risk and you're willing to persist, you can have a legacy. Pastor Cricket's legacy is going to be tremendous. Um, We will look back, people will look back a hundred years from now and know who he was. Because of the fruit uh, that has come about. Speaking of fruit, let's pray real quick. Father, we just thank you for your word. We pray that you would speak to us through your word. That you would reveal by your Holy Spirit truth. Through Your Word, in Jesus' name, Amen. Galatians five sixteen through 25 says this, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the f- Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. That word contrary is actually a, a, a word that... Um, It's more about a militant uh, face-off than it is just opposites. We 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 read that and we think opposites. No, it actually means that they're at war against each other. So it says that they're contrary; they're at war with each other. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do what whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, I want to define that word law because a lot of us... Ha- is anybody in here besides me, have you always kind of been confused about law and grace? And, you know, it, there's a lot of things we say that sounds good, but um, what does what is law? When the Bible's talking about law, what does it really mean? That word law right there is uh, nomos. It means this, and this is cool if you'll, if you'll grasp it. Parcel out prescriptive usage... Or regulation. So what he is saying is, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, or you're not parceled out prescriptive usage, regulated. Now here's what I think. There's another version that says, "Against such there is no there is no law." You know, when it talks about. Uh, uh, um, Faith, hope, and love. They're against those. There is no law. There is no regulation. Same word. There is no prescriptive usage. In other words, how much do you want? That's what you can have. You know? So, we're always, we're always wanting to get stuff by the acts of the flesh. We're always after things in our life. And we're always pushing. We have ambition. We're always trying to gain things by the flesh and we always seem to come up short, don't we? We always seem to not quite get that thing that we're longing for. But what it says about the Spirit, it said that if you're, if you're after the Spirit, there is no regulation or prescriptive usage for the Spirit. You can have as much of it as you want. So it says this, it says the axe, which is the word ergon, work, toil of the flesh. Do I need to use a handheld mic or can we just... Scoop out 500 hertz. Sorry. A little bit. Alright. It says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Everybody say obvious. Sexual immorality. Now, Paul says some words right here. I actually did uh, went through this list in chapel. Uh, among some high school students. And uh, how many of you have ever come across a scripture that is really not rated for... <laughs> It's, it's not even PG-13. It's more like a, almost an M-rated scripture, you know? And so it's just like, I just want to give y'all, y'all, y'all a heads up. If your parents say anything about what, I just, what I'm fixing to say, then just let them know it's in the Bible. So, and that should settle it. So, it says this. It says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft... Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I don't know why he saved that one for the last one. I just don't understand. But I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, everybody say will not. will not not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to stop right there because I want to clarify something. The kingdom of God, and some of you know this, and some of you uh, have read this, and you say, well, I won't go to heaven. I mean, some some of these are obviously not me, right? But some of these could be jealousy, selfish ambition. He covers the whole gamut. He goes from the worst to the what we kind of say, well, that's okay, you know. And he says these people will not inherit the kingdom of God. I want to clarify something. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are two different things. In the Bible, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are two different things. Does this say you will not go to heaven? No, it says, and we're going to clarify this, it says you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit... Everybody say fruit. It's important that he uses the word fruit. Okay? And we're going to talk about that. The fruit... Which is carpos? You know what that means? It means fruit. That's what it means. The word fruit there is is very accurately translated. Um, of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. With its passions and desires, since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Now, I know we've all heard the uh, the adage, you know, the family that prays together, what, stays together. Well, the title of my message this morning is "The Family That Steps with the Spirit Together Inherits the Kingdom of God Together." Um, Clovis Chapel, by the way, we're starting a series called Homies. I forgot to mention that. Um, And we're going to be, over the next month or so, we're just going to be exploring a lot of really practical things that God has uh, given us in in order to live out uh, our home life for God. Uh, Clovis Chapel, who was a minister from about 100 years ago, he told a story about two riverboats. They left Memphis about the same time. And they were traveling down the Mississippi River toward New Orleans. As they traveled side by side, some of the sailors from one vessel made a few remarks about the snail's pace of the other. Words were exchanged, challenges were made, and a race began. Competition became vicious as the two boats roared through the deep south. One boat began falling behind. Not enough fuel. There had been plenty of coal for the trip, but not enough for a race. As the boat dropped back, an enterprising young sailor took some of the ship's cargo and tossed it into the ovens. When the sailors saw that the supplies burned as well as the coal, they fueled their boat with the material they had been assigned to transport, and they ended up winning the race, but they had burned all of their cargo. The cargo in this story, he goes on to say, is representative of everything that God has destined for you to carry through your life. You were, uh, Pastor Cricket, uh, a couple of weeks ago, he made this statement. He said that God designed you around your destiny. In other words, he thought of something that needed to be done. There's a, you can almost picture it like there was a gap. In, uh, in in his will for, this, for the planet, and, and he said, "Right here, right now, I' am inserting this person to fulfill this destiny. So he saw what needed to be done, and he built the person that 's the reason we 're all so weird because are unique is because God has created us unique to fill a specific purpose, and maybe if we feel like we're weird, uh, maybe we just haven't discovered what that is. Because when we discover what that is, the Bible tells us that we will experience great fulfillment in our life. So um, so winning the race of the American dream uh, could require you to sacrifice the cargo of the Spirit. I'm going to say that one more time to kind of establish where we're heading with this. Winning the race of the American dream could require you to sacrifice the cargo of the Spirit. This morning, I want to call families to a higher way of living. This morning I want us to take a look into God's Word and I want us to find out what He says about the way the family should operate and way the, fa- the way that we need to get our minds uh, in our family. So um, I hope to convince you this morning that the fruit of the Spirit should be every family's number one concern. It's critical. Everybody say critical. critical. It's critical to not just live a life of personal victory, but you 've got to have the fruit of the spirit to establish a legacy for your family um, most of the most of my adult life I lived with selfish ambition, and I know there's some people in here who i'm who who this will resonate with but you've uh, I, I lived a life of selfish ambition even though Uh, I had already been married and we've had children and I still had selfish ambition in me and what Paul calls the acts of the flesh. I still had those that uh, desire to do things for myself and to do things. And the way God has shifted us now is to shift from personal ambition to leaving a legacy. And I know there's some people in here right now that you're beginning to discover this. And I just want to confirm what God has already been telling you, that it's time to shift from personal ambition and selfish ambition to begin to thinking, begin thinking about your legacy and begin thinking about the spiritual heritage that you're going to leave to your children, you're going to leave to your children's children. So here it says the, the acts of the, the sinful nature are obvious. He covers a wide gamut. He says orgies and witchcraft on one hand, and on the other hand, he says discord and selfish ambition. You know what discord is? It's just arguing. <laughs> discord and selfish ambition. So Paul makes sure that he includes the whole spectrum and says that they are all obviously acts of the sinful nature. It's an, if it's an act of the sinful nature, it's going to cost you fruit of the Spirit. Let me say that another way. If you have the fruit of the spirit, the Bible says that if you if you if you live after the fruit of the spirit that you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. And by the same token, if you fulfill the desires of the flesh, you will not have the fruits of the spirit. It's two opposite things. It's like light and darkness, they can't be in the same room together. You can't have selfish ambition. You can't have discord. You can't have jealousy. You can't have all of these things in you and and have the fruit of the Spirit at the same time. They just can't be in the same place at the same time. So Paul makes sure that he includes the whole spectrum. And you cannot simultaneously bear two kinds of fruit. Unless you're Brother Jimmy. Brother Jimmy has figured out... Do y'all, have you all seen this? Brother Jimmy has taken, he can take two trees. And I know this, is, this has been done before. It's not like a new thing. But I had never seen it before. He, he'll take uh, two species of trees, like a plum and an apricot. And he'll, he'll put them together so that they grow into one tree and bear both fruit. So he's figured out how to do it. But don't expect this to happen in your life. Um, you cannot bear two kinds of fruit. It's always a trade-off. You say, "Well, I'm just so uh, jealous of this," or, or, or whatever it is in your life, or sexual immorality, whatever it is in your life. Remember, you're trading something for that. Remember that that's a trade-off in your life. Uh, Matthew six, I'm sorry, seventeen, sixteen through twenty says this: "By their fruit you will recognize him." Everybody say, "Oh Lord." Say, <laughs> "I thought, I thought, judge not lest you be judged." <laughs> You know, whether you like it or not, people know you by your fruit. And fruit, can I tell you something? And we're going to discover this in a minute, but fruit is not how you act in here. Fruit is not the smile you put on on Sunday morning. That's not fruit. We can all mimic the fruit for a little while. So, um, we can mimic it here, but here is not what fruit is for. And here is not where fruit is evident. Uh, it doesn't even become the fruit of the Spirit until you have a reason not to have it. Let me say that again. The fruit of the Spirit isn't even the fruit of the Spirit unless you have a reason not to have it. Um, so when you smile really big on Sunday morning, you shake hands, you say, Good morning, brother. You know, good morning, sister. You know, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, I'm bad about that. I mean, I'm just like, I put on my best face for you guys and I'm just like, Hey, you know... Um, but that's not the fruit. The fruit is when you're going to hell on Tuesday. The fruit is when the bank account is overdrawn on Tuesday. And there's and Fridays, a few days off. That's when the fruit of the Spirit becomes evident. It's not when everything is easy and everybody agrees. It's not when we're all in here and say, Hey, you love the Lord, me too. Hey, good morning. You know, it's not like that. It's when you go to uh, go to work and nobody loves the Lord except you. That's when the fruit becomes evident. When there's resistance that 's when you know what the fruit is, um, so your outward environment does not produce fruit; your inward environment does, um, and a lot of us you know myself included. i mean i'm uh, i 'm getting better i 'm getting more and more of the fruit of the spirit coming out in my life, I think, but um, you know two two places. Uh, at home with the children and uh, and then um, out driving you know when people don 't know when they got to the four way stop or you know, or you know when somebody is when two cars are driving forty miles an hour in a sixty five side by side on the four lane and nobody will slow down or speed up you know there's certain, there's certain things that just push your buttons right and and it 's just like and that 's when you know. And you just praying that nobody from here is there when that happens. Because when next, the next week when you say, you know, hey, good morning, brother. Like, mm. yeah, that's a face, I know. So, everybody say this. Say, the kingdom is the fruit. Let's talk about that. Um, So what is the fruit? We're going to be talking about what, why, where, when, and how. So what is the fruit? If the one who commits the acts of the flesh does not inherit the kingdom of God, then the one with the fruit of the Spirit adversely, does inherit the kingdom of God. Let me say that again. If it says this, it says, Paul said, if the one, who com- that the one who commits the acts of the flesh does not inherit the kingdom of God, then we've got to know that the one with the fruit of the Spirit obviously does inherit the kingdom of God. Romans fourteen seventeen says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, And joy in the Holy Spirit. That sounds like fruit to me. It says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom is the fruit. Let me explain this for a minute. Uh, Do you all know... How many of you guys are science buffs? Or actually took science in school? Anybody? Nobody? Okay. (laughs) Here we go up top. Okay. Um, Light... We perceive light a certain way. We see we perceive light as actually different shades of white. Um, There are some lights that are extremely uh, what they call an amber, Uh, and then there's some that are extremely bright on the white side. And there's all in between. There's all these different shades of light. But what it actually is is light is made up of all the colors of the spectrum, and they're blended together. And you see it as white. But it's actually all the different colors blend together. How we know that is if you take, some, take a spectrum, uh, like a, um, some kind of a crystal or glass or, or waterfall, you know? When you, see, you go to a waterfall and you see a rainbow in the waterfall or whatever, that that light is actually being refracted and split into the colors of the spectrum. It's actually being broken apart. Let me say this. The fruit is the spectrum. Spectrum I spit when I said spectrum, sorry. The fruit is the spectrum of the kingdom. When you have all of the fruit working in your life, you have heaven on earth. I'm going to say it again the fruit of the Spirit is the spectrum of the kingdom. And when you have all of the fruit... Remember it says there is no law. There is no restriction. There is no prescription. There is no no regulation for the fruit of the Spirit. When you have all of the Spirit operating in your life, you have heaven on earth through you. And that's what we're all shooting for. That's why we're here. We just want. We just say, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord. And I'm telling you how that's going to come. How more is coming into your life is through the fruit of the Spirit. Alright, if you're going to fulfill everything that God has made you for, it will be through the fruit of the Spirit. You are not going to disregard the fruit of the Spirit. You're not going to not have love, not have patience. And I know a lot of people who, who uh, are in big-time ministry that they lack a lot of the fruit of the Spirit. And it, The Bible says you'll know them by the fruit. You know, it's evident, right? And you, you, you know, when you get real close to someone, it becomes very obvious whether or not they have the fruit of the Spirit. But listen to this. If you're going to fulfill everything that God made for you, it's going to be through the, the Spirit. Uh, but adversely, if you're going to rely on your flesh... If you're determined to do so, you're going to get everything that your flesh wants. Selfish ambition will get you whatever you want. You can lie, you can cheat, you can, you can swindle your way into just about anything. You can get what you want. Can I tell you that? You can get what you want. If you want it, you know, the, the world tells you this, and it's not, all, it's not all wrong. It's just, I think, misapplied. It says you can have whatever you put your mind to. That's not necessarily a, a bad thing. That that can be a spiritual thing. But can I tell you this? A lot of us, we have so much selfish ambition in our life and we put our mind to something. We use selfish ambition to get it and we can get it. And we find out we can get it and it's almost like a, it fuels the fire for us. And we begin, to, um, we begin to go after more and more selfish because we're getting what we want. When I... When I manipulate my spouse, I get what I want. So I know it works. Am I right? When I uh, when I cheat on my taxes, I get away with it. And I don't have to pay in so much. And I get what I want. All the acts of the flesh will get you what your flesh desires. That's why... Our, If you're going to rely on your flesh, though, you will get everything your flesh wants, but you will never do anything He created you to do. And you're going to be just like the riverboat. You're going to be at the finish line, and you may have won, but you burned all your cargo. You're going to get there, and you're going to to be an empty shell of a boat with nothing on board. All right, so that's why that Jesus said He'd rather you be hot or cold. If a believer is not going to be led by the Spirit, then they're only a believer in their word and not their deed. And that's one of the most harmful things to the kingdom. Um, It's not not necessarily just doing what you believe. It's about whether or not you're allowing the Holy Spirit to bear fruit through you. Now, let me tell you, well, how do I get the Holy Spirit to bear fruit through me? It all comes down to... To getting rid of the acts of the flesh, it, be, it all comes down to stop trusting in how you can get it done and begin to rely completely. The more you rely on the Holy Spirit, the more you rely on God, the more of the fruit of the Spirit is allowed to let because He's not going to run you over. The Holy Spirit will never run you over. He, he needs an invitation, and He's not going to come in. Uh, you know. How many of you ever been invited to a party that you would have rather not been around those people? You got to the party and you're like, oh, this is not my crowd. Well, that's how the Holy Spirit feels a lot of times when we invite Him into our life. He, says, he may show up and say, well, this is not my crowd. Um, so, if a believer is not going to be led by the Spirit, then they're uh, only in word, not in deed. So, what is the fruit? The fruit is the kingdom of God coming to earth through you. By illuminating and empowering your divine destiny. The fruit is this. I'm going to say it one more time because I know it's a mouthful. The fruit is the kingdom of God coming to earth through you. By illuminating and empowering your divine destiny. Y'all remember the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus teaches how to pray. And He said, "Pray like when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The first thing he said to ask, he said, first honor God and then ask him for heaven to come to earth through you. And that's what we're talking about this morning. So let me ask you, why the fruit? That's our next question. Why the fruit? Uh, If you were God, posing this question, just I know this is hard to imagine. But if you were God and you were going to leave heaven and come and sacrifice yourself just so you could get something to us, what would it be? I'm going to say that again because I really want you to think about it. Pretend you're God. You're going to leave all of the glory of heaven and you're going to come down and you're going to die a horrible death and you're going to sacrifice yourself just so you can get one thing to everyone. What would that be? It would have to be pretty important. Am I right? God did that so you could have the Holy Spirit. God did that to get the Holy Spirit to you. So He would be made available. All of the power of heaven would be made available to you through the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. The reason the Holy Spirit is in you is to bear fruit through you. So the purpose of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. The God-given mission of the church is not just to bring heaven to earth, but to literally convert earth to heaven. Um, A a man that I really respect says this. He says, he hears a lot of people saying, in the last days, the church is going to get brighter and brighter, and the world's going to get darker and darker. And he's going to like, how is that going to happen if you're the light of the world? He said, the only way that can happen is if the light, like Jesus said, is the light is under a basket. Did you? Can I tell you all that a lot of times this becomes a basket? And we may get brighter and brighter in here. And it's getting darker and darker out there. But he said, you're the light of the world. He said, you're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. So I just want to throw that out there. Okay. So... The God given mission of the church. Okay, that, that means that the work that he finished on the cross, it was finished. He said it was finished. I guess we can say it's finished because he said it was finished. And he said, so the, the main, uh, that means that the work that he finished on the cross provided what we need to make that happen. When he said it is finished, he didn't go, uh, he didn't ascend back to heaven and say, oh, oh I forgot something. I forgot one really important thing. I'm going to have to come back and do all this again. No. He did everything that was needed so you could have heaven available to you. So when he said to pray, Thy will be done you know, on earth as it is in heaven, he actually made the way for that to happen in your life on the cross. He actually made a way so that the fruit of the Spirit can operate in your life without regulation. Without restriction, without prescription, he made a way for you to have unlimited, an unlimited avenue. And I know, guys, listen, this uh, to some of us, this may sound a a little arrogant, a little bit self-reliant or whatever. But here's what I'm telling you. God did not give you, uh, I've heard it called a junior Holy Spirit. There's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. The Bible says this, it says, The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and me. The same power. He also said, Greater works than these will you do because I go back to my Father in heaven. And if I go back, I will send the Holy Spirit. So because He sent the Holy Spirit, we now, the Bible says, will do greater works... Are the Holy Spirit? So let me clarify. The Holy Spirit will do greater works through us because of what He did on the cross. The Bible says that John the Baptist was the least in the Old Testament, the least prophet, in the, uh, the, the least in the New Testament, and uh, so when Jesus died, it split the timeline. And now, everything that he was trying that he desired to get to everyone through the Old Testament suddenly became available to all of us from that point forward and The last time I checked we 're living in a d that this is two thousand and nineteen a d so we are after he said this is finished, and we are in the age where uh, where he said that we could do greater works because of the Holy Spirit so moving on. So, what was provided when he died on the cross? The Holy Spirit. Uh, We can say God in us. You know, the the Holy Spirit basically is God's way of indwelling us, indwelling in us. So, why was it provided for the fruit? Why fruit is to bring the kingdom of God through us. So, why did Paul? This is going to get real interesting. I hope y'all can stick with me. Why did Paul use the word fruit? He didn't say a word that we translate fruit. He used the word fruit. He just pulled it out. The fruit of the Spirit. Let me tell you something about fruit. We're going to study fruit for a minute. We're going to be botanists for a little while. Okay, so, did you know that food is not the primary purpose of fruit? fruit? How many of you love mangoes? I love mangoes. They make you work for it though, right? With that big seed that everything's growing into it, you know, and... Um, so, uh, I love fruit, but food is not the primary purpose of fruit. Fruit has, actually has two purposes. It's food and seed. Because inside of every fruit, unless it's a hybrid, <laughs> inside of fruit is seed. The food aspect of the fruit entices birds and animals and people to carry that seed and to spread that seed to somewhere else. That's the way God designed it so that trees would procreate. It produces fruit with seed in it that entices birds and different things to eat it. And then it comes out in different places in perfect little fertilizer packets, you know. And, uh, and, uh, and then it's, it's, it's broadcast to different parts. And that tree has reproduced itself because of the fruit. So, let me tell you another fact about fruit. Trees don't eat their own fruit. Trees don't eat their own fruit and the fruit of the Spirit is not for you. You say, I just need some peace. I just need some joy. The fruit of the Spirit is not for you. The fruit of the Spirit is for other people. Fruit, and there's another fact, fruit that isn't picked is wasted. When a fruit is not picked, it will drop on the ground, it will rot... We have a uh, our new house. We have muscadine vines. Man, I love muscadines. I eat muscadines until I feel like my lips are going to melt. I mean, you, you know, it's are really acidic, and so my lips would just be burning. And uh, but I, I, just love muscadines. I eat the the people don't eat the skin. I eat the skin. I eat it all. Um, but they, but well, I'll go, I'll go over there and I, they're too high because they grow up in the trees and stuff, and so I'll find them on the ground, but I'll find one of ten because ten of them will be split and, and rotten, and I'll find one out of ten. When, when it's not picked, it falls and it rots and it's wasted. Fruit, here's another fact fruit that isn't picked seeds the soil, and I want you all to think hard about the parallel here it seeds the soil around the tree. But it seldom grows because it falls in the shade of its host. Y'all, y'all going to have to put on your thinking caps this morning, okay? Fruit that isn't picked seeds the soil around the tree, and it seldom grows because it falls in the shade of its host. You know, I went through a long uh, long period of my life, well, up until recently, if I'm being honest, um, where I didn't like people. <laughs> I, you know I, it's not that I don't like people I like all you people but um, that's what I say to everybody oh, I like you uh, no but um, I didn't like being around people I grew up my, my self endowed title in high school was lone wolf so I thought yeah and that was the end of it that was part of the title um, I thought I didn't need to be around people that I could just develop the fruit of the Spirit and be real spiritual in everything and just me and God. But can I tell you something? If I develop the fruit of the Spirit and I'm not around people and I'm not engaged in doing uh, what God is... And people are going to rub you the wrong way and people are going to hurt your feelings and that's all part of it. That's what. That's why it hurts to have the fruit picked. I know. But... I thought I didn't need all of that. And so what happens is the fruit still develops, but it's never picked. It drops. It rots. The seed is planted, perhaps, but it never grows because it's under the shade of the host. Okay, moving on. Interesting fact. Fruit that is picked is transported to other places. I think we already said that. Fruit that that the tree allows itself to be picked from, it is transported to other places. There's a, a place in Holly Springs. If you go back in the woods, uh, across from Holly Springs Baptist Church, go down about half a mile and then across the street um, at the Sparkman y, part of the Y. Um, y'all, you, you might know where I'm talking about. Um, so you go back, there's a logging road that used to be there. Of course, that was 30 years ago. But there was a logging road that went back in there and was grown up then. And my dad, uh, who cut logs, he had done some work back there and he found it. So uh, he took me back there, and we went back in there, and there was a wild plum orchard back in there that was humongous. There were plum I mean, it was everywhere. It was like the only thing back there. There was no other trees. It was just like an orchard that happened naturally from these, all these wild plums out there. And, and I just don't know how to say when with fruit, and so I would eat and eat and eat and then pay for it later. But... Um, those wild plums, they spread like that over many, many years because the the seed keeps getting broadcast. The seed keeps getting broadcast until it grows. Now, we also, at home, we had a seedless plum tree. We had a tree, it was purple leaves, and it grew up these long, straight purple leaves. It was a hybrid. A hybrid is where, actually, where they... Uh, they mix some species and they do some different things in the lab so that they actually produce something that is either, you know, resistant to drought or without a seed or, you know, that's how we get seedless watermelons. That's how all this stuff. So um, so they've actually created this way to have a seedless plum and it was they tasted so good. They were better than wild plums. And you didn't have to slow down for the seed, so you just keep popping them, and uh, the thing would way down to where the branches were just almost touching the ground, and we would go there and pick it clean. Me and my sister would pick it clean. Um, but the difference between the wild plums and the seedless plums is that that seedless plum tree will never reproduce itself. If you want another seedless plum tree, you're going to have to go back to the manufacturer, get, get more a different another tree that they've grown, and you're going to go through the whole process again. Completely interrupted the creative order of God by creating a fruit without the seed in it. Um, for the sake of time, I'm going to have to skip forward. Um, so let's ask how the fruit. How the fruit. We aren't talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We're not talking about the things that, that we do. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit is not what you do. Let me just clarify. The fruit is not what you do. If you're doing it, it's an act of the flesh. So the fruit is not what you do. The fruit is what comes automatically when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you allow Him to have His way in your life. And we're always asking, you know, well, how do I have the fruit of the Spirit? How do I have the fruit of the Spirit? You have got to stop doing it yourself. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to have His way in you. If you're striving to have love, if you're striving to have joy, if you're striving to have peace and all those other things, you'll never have it. You will mimic it. You will pretend to have it. But you will not really have it. The acts of the flesh nullify the fruit of the Spirit. When you say, I can do it, the Holy Spirit says, go ahead. That's the honest truth. When you say, I can do it myself, the Holy Spirit says, well, I'm not going to run over you. I'm not going to force anything on you. The acts of the sinful nature, the fruit of the Spirit... Did you know it compares to, a, there's, there's a few other comparable uh, scriptures, but the one that we'll talk about that does kind of the same comparison is the wages of sin and the gift of God. It says, the wages of sin is death. In other words, what you work for, what you earn, what you sweat to get in sin is death. But it says, the gift of God is eternal life. In other words, it's just given to you. It's free if you choose it. All you have to do is choose it. When I receive a gift at Christmas, I never go reach for my wallet. I never reach back there and I say, it's insulting if you give somebody a gift and they say, how much do I owe you for that? It almost just like, man, you just took all of the fun out of this. See, God is giving us something. We don't have to work for it. You don't have to strive. You don't have to, you don't have to toil to get this thing done. The acts of the sinful nature. The wages of sin. But the fruit of the Spirit. The gift of God. Y'all never seen a tree sweating and striving, trying to squeeze out some fruit. It just happens. Because it's a tree. John fifteen five says this. It says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Everybody say much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. God has required one thing from you and that's to stay in him. Um, And the first thing that we always ask is, but shouldn't I be doing something? Now let me read Ephesians 2.8 to answer that. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that nobody may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. That word walk this is going to blow your mind. That word walk right there. I always think about like, That we should walk in them like, okay, we're we're walking forward, we're doing this. That's not what that word means. That word is peripateo, And it means to walk about as to test ability. The picture is this, walking on a frozen pond and testing it to make sure it's going to hold you up. (laughs) I think that's beautiful. That's That's what that means. It says that we should walk in them rely on to walk around to see make sure that you know it's solid you know that, I thought that was a kind of a different perspective on it um I was a surveyor's helper for a very short amount of time um the end of my surveying career uh happened shortly after I threw my machete um out of frustration <laughs> um and luckily it didn't hit anybody I had something in my eyes and I just threw my machete you know and because uh, I was so frustrated and, you know, it just like bang, 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 off a tree um, and they got everybody was just like, OK, I think that's it for you. Um, I could not do it. I could not blaze the whole part of my whole job was to find a corner and blaze forward. And man, I would look back and I, it would be curved. You know, I could not blaze a straight line for nothing. Um, so that was my whole job is to blaze those property lines. And I could never do it. Um. Can I give you, can, can I use that for you today? That the fruit of the Holy Spirit is given to you like a blazed property line. The reason that I would blaze the, that you had to go ahead and blaze the line is so the guy could have what they call the instrument back here on the corner and shoot the line and so he could see the other corner. So you had to like clear it out so he could see the other corner. The Holy Spirit has already blazed the line. The Holy Spirit has already made your way. The Holy Spirit has already paved the road. All you have to do is step out on it and see that it's going to hold you and see that it's good and see that it is God and and walk forward. So, So we just need to yield to the Spirit and like Johnny Cash said, walk the line. So if you're striving for fruit, stop. Let Him work it in you so He can work it through you. Um, so, wear the fruit. I've got ten minutes. Here we go. Where the fruit. If you think the fruit is for church, we've already said this, you're wrong. If you can think that you can make the earth like heaven by having the fruit of the Spirit in this building, you're wrong. Because it's not even the fruit of the Spirit until there's a reason not to have it. Agape is the word for love. The first fruit of the Spirit is, is love. It's agape, and we all know this, but agape means basically unreturned love. Uh... Joy is chara, unqualified joy, and peace is i know it 's not irene Irene or something like that um, it 's unjustified peace all all of the definitions of these are are fruit that come. Not from external environment, but from something that's happening in the side of you. It comes from not an outside supply. By definition, it's love that no one no, that no one will ever return. By definition, it's joy that is not qualified by things around you. And by definition, it's peace that is in the middle of turmoil. So you can't have it in here has to be out there when you're hated you know you've got the fruit of love when you everything comes against you you'll know if you have the fruit of joy when your life is in complete turmoil you'll know if you have the fruit of peace you know, a great ministry. Uh, I was thinking about this, and I think a great ministry in the church, brother Yefet. I think we should add this: is uh, for someone to go around the church on Sunday morning instead of shaking people's hands, they just punch them in the nose. You know, good morning, brother. Especially if they if they're like if they're real cheesy, like good morning, brother. Just punch them in the nose, and then uh, we can make sure they have got the fruits of the spirit that way. We can just kind of weed people out. You know, and just say you got to work on that. You got to work on that. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just. All right. A lot of us, talking about families, a lot of us are just trying not to lose our kids to the world. Am I right? Uh, We are totally in defensive mode. We're totally um, just trying to keep what we got. And that's called a defensive faith. But God has called us to live and leave a legacy. God has called us to get on offense, to be proactive, and actually leave a legacy in our family. And it's going to happen through us personally bearing fruit. The fruit only comes by the Spirit, and the striving, the acts of the flesh, must cease. I wonder, and this may not be theologically accurate, but I wonder... How much external strain and stress we experience is endorsed by God. I wonder like going around punching people in the nose, you know. I wonder how much stress we experience that is endorsed by God to show us that our love is selfish. To show us that our joy is circumstantial and our peace is environmental. Otherwise, we'd never know it. Because you can fake it. If everything's easy, you can fake it. And you have this sense of confidence in you that you're exactly where you need to be. But it's a, it's a substitute. It's totally a counterfeit. And sometimes I just wonder, you know, if God allows us to face some things just, to, just to, so we know. Because He wants so bad for us to inherit the kingdom of God. For our family. For us, for our family, for our legacy. It's not what comes natural that has eternal reach. Let me say that again. It's not what comes natural that has an eternal reach. And I think we've forgotten that. What comes natural can win the race, but what comes by the Spirit will get you there with everything that God destined for you to have. Um, When people treated, uh, just opening up this last seven minutes, I just want to tell you about a little bit about my past. There have been people that have treated me with love that I did not deserve. I was a very horrible teenager, and a lot of you probably say that too, you know. Looking back, it's like I was, I was, all of that, it was like, I think I really wanted to serve God uh, in my heart, but there, my flesh was so strong. My flesh, um, I, I was, I was constantly, when, when Paul says fits of rage, that doesn't mean something to some of you, anything to some of you. It means something to me. I, we, my parents would have uh, company over and I would pick up things and throw them across the room because I would be so mad at something, something really stupid. And I would just had no control of anything. I would sink into deep, dark depression And, I mean, I was just totally, totally out of control. And there were people that treated me with love and kindness in the middle of that. And that planted a kingdom seed in me. They allowed me to eat the fruit of their life. They They allowed me to eat the fruit of the Spirit that was in their life. And the seed was planted. And I didn't even know it. And I want to tell you, it matters. It matters... What fruit you bear. It matters not for you. It matters for the people around you. When they had lost patience with me, there were a lot of people that couldn't stand me. And those people never imparted the kingdom to me. If they lost patience with me, they never imparted the kingdom to me. So how powerful is the fruit of the Spirit? It's powerful enough to wipe away the residue of the flesh. My parents... Uh, my parents actually, through some of the most critical... They were spirit-filled. And there were times that they did lose their patience. Me, I know they did. You know, thinking back, it's like I know that they weren't perfect. I know that they, they at least lose their temper, lost their temper as much as I do. You know? But in the times that were the critical moments, they, I was able to eat of the fruit of the Spirit that was in their life. And the seed was playing in my life. And it's so powerful that I don't even remember. I don't remember them losing their temper. I know they did. I don't remember those things. I just remember how much they loved me when I didn't deserve it. It it overrides everything. So let me tell you the secret of good parenting. And my wife is going to hate me for saying this. But the secret to good parenting is to lose it sometimes. The secret to good parenting is to not be under so much pressure to be perfect. I'm done trying to be perfect. I cannot be a perfect parent. Do I have any witnesses? I cannot be a perfect parent. I have tried and tried and I've seen perfect parents and they're like robots if you're a perfect parent, I'm sorry. But I, I think you just... It's, I think you just completely buried all of the emotion in your life. And you're just unaffected by anything. And you're just a robot. And those people are very frustrating. You know, the rose robot people. So, um, it's okay to lose it sometimes. And can I tell you something? They they deserve you to lose it sometimes. Every, and, uh, but... I know my parents did that. But I, I like I said, I can't remember any of those things. Okay. So... It's not just about planting seeds. First, it's about producing good fruit. You say, I just want to plant some seeds. I'm going around planting seeds. Well, what kind of fruit are you bearing? Because the seed is in the fruit. And if people don't want to pick your fruit, they ain't going to get the seed. Some people may not want your seed. But the seed is in the fruit. So it's about producing good fruit before anything else so that people want to pick the fruit. So the seed is carried into the planted in their life. So.